Welcome to Folklore on the Rocks. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Here we are with part two of our Halloween Spooktacular. I'm here with Lindsay, and Danny is still joining us. How you doing, Danny? Fantastic. Cool. Logan, thank you for having me again. Yeah, we've got some new stories to share. Last week was really great. I'm, I'm glad we got enough to do it to stretch us out over the whole Halloween season. This is a really kind of a fun thing. I am too. I think it's going to be great. It's yeah. the best holiday of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I've got my costume. I'm so excited. What are you going to be? Oh, just you wait. Just you wait. We'll post pictures. It also may become <laughs> my everyday pants. <laughs> just that, that, that. It's, that's, well, that's the hint we're going to get. Of course. <laughs> cool. All right. Let's launch into it. All right. We've got some great stories. Thanks for joining us. Danny, did you have another story that you wanted to share with us? With um, the EVP one, you said? Okay, uh, so I have a friend who moved into a house when he was a teenager. They had some experiences. Uh, his grandma had bought the house, and him and his mom and his siblings lived with their grandmother in the house, and then they moved out after that, that experience. Later in life, he bought the house again, and his girlfriend was renovating the house and this is the time we had this experience. This during the time she was renovating the houses, which she also had different experiences. So I'm going to share all of this. You can put in what you want or not, any of it. But so she was renovating the house. So when he moved in, they had a bunch of experiences. They had a, a median go to the house who knew nothing about the history of the home at the time. They went through the house and they went downstairs into the, you got to the bottom of the stairs and you turned a corner. It was like a wall. You hit the bottom of the stairs, you hit a wall. You turn the corner and there's a little hallway that goes down into another room, uh, a small room, like a little storage room or something. And that turns the corner and goes down another little weird, like room connector hallway kind of thing into a coal room, which had been halfway cemented off. It used to be a little bit larger than it was uh, and actual had a coal chute. The coal chute was still there, okay. uh, but the full coal room was not. Some of it had been cemented off and like plugged up basically. But at the bottom of the stairs, you turn left uh, in that little teeny hallway, there was on the left side, a crawl space hole it still had the old wood on there with old really old latches the door was gone but the the door frame was there it was literally barely big enough for me to crawl through Mm -hmm. and in that space there was ground like earth that was dug down right by the crawl space and earth that was dug down further back in the corner so his girlfriend was ripping out one layer of paint stripping one layer of paint off the walls at a time when she was refinishing this because it's such an old house and she wanted to go back through the history. And she actually went back and found the, all of the low, you know, the records she could, uh, for the house, everything that had happened in the house and all this, um, while she was doing this. But part of the reason why she was doing that is because of some of the dreams she was having while staying in the house. Really? Something mm. got something got buried and um, she was trying to bubble. So she was terrifying. having she was having these dreams of this lady 
wearing this old-style dress with a brooch and shoving her out of a purple room window. So she's kept, trying to and find it was purple. a reoccurring dream. And she, she, as she was remodeling the house, one room at a time, one layer of paint at a time and stuff, to find uh, the she got room. to one room and she <laughs> painted purple and she thought that was the room, but she's like, no, it doesn't match the dreams. Right. Until one, uh, one day she got to an upstairs room where she stripped down to a purple layer. And that was the window she was being shoved out of. And then she started doing more research and like looking up the history of the house and everything like that. And it looks like there was a wealthy couple that owned the house because it was right on the temple grounds and right, you know, like it was a wealthy, wealthy couple who Mm -hmm. owned this house. It was kind of right in the center of town. It was a bigger house for the times and they would have to leave for business a lot and things like that. And so they would travel a lot and they would leave the aunt of their daughter to kind of watch the house and watch their daughter. And the aunt would lock her under the kitchen floor oh my God. in that crawl space. No. Yeah. Oh. All day long. All day long. That's where she would lock her all day. And they just day. kept fucking leaving her with And them? then she would bring her up at night, you know, to go to bed. But she would lock her under there to play and things like that. And when they were digging, when they were cleaning and renovating and stuff, they went in there and dug some like ground up and stuff like that. They found an old dress with an old brooch that matched her dreams. No. They found old, old toys from the turn of the century. Oh my God. Like old wood toys and ropes and things like that. Like crazy. And then I guess apparently the aunt eventually ended up killing the girl. Of course. Her niece. Because how else could this story end? the coal room. So when my friend and their family had had this meet, because they were having experiences, of course. And so they had a median come over. And they were down in the coal room, which at the time had not been cemented off yet. This happened in between that ownership and him owning it current day. They The median was in there. And they were all leaving and he's like, well, the median in there said somebody died in this room. And then they were all leaving the room and he stopped and the median knew nothing about the house, nothing at all. And he stopped and maybe the median actually was not when he was a kid. It was later with the girlfriend. They brought a median over. Um, Yeah, that's when it happened. The girlfriend brought the median over (laughs) and they stopped. The median stopped and said they saw a little girl over and that pointed at them and said, come here. Because of course. And so we leaned forward, the median leaned forward, and no one else saw what the median was seeing. The median leaned forward down, like crouched down and leaned forward. Like my friend saw this, but he didn't see what the median was seeing, but he saw the median crouch down and then jump backwards and like go, ah! And it's, he said, because he knelt down because the little girl said, come here. And then when he knelt down, a hand reached through where it had been blocked off, reached through cement, grabbed the little girl, pulled her through, and then there was a woman Ooh. wearing an old dress with a brooch. She's trapped with looking the Looking at him. him. And That's that so made him jump back. Yeah. And this was after they had found the dress mm-hmm. underneath. And the media knew nothing about it. So uh, we went 
and stayed overnight in the house and did EVP sessions. And we have not, y'all have a death we wish. still have not gone through the footage, but after going into the, into the basement and doing a session, I, while somebody else was doing a solo session by themselves, I was listening to what we had gathered. Yeah. I was just kind of listening through it, you know, cause I had downtime. So I was listening through it and we, so we were in the coal room, but we had put other recorders around the house. And one of them was right in the doorway of the crawl space under the kitchen floor. And we were in the coal room and you could hear us a couple rooms over. You could hear the echo of us talking and you could kind of hear what we were saying. And when you clean it up, you can hear us go and, and having the friend go, did you kill somebody in this house? Cause we were in the coal room and a little girl's voice in the microphone that was in the crawl space clearly says no <laughs> it's very clear of course she didn't kill anybody it was the aunt and you can hear us a couple rooms over oh my gosh that's so right scary. directly into the microphone it's so close it's like no it's right there. It's literally right there, right in the middle. <sighs> very weird. It's that's creepy. But uh, you know, you ask a very specific answer, uh, a, a specific question. That is, um, the little girl didn't kill anybody in the house. I know, I know. And but at, at the same time, you're not saying, "Is there anyone here?" or "What's going on?" Right. or you're asking one specific question. And I know that. In my own life, when you're very confused about something, if someone says, okay, let me ask you something very simple, very easy, something that is, only has one answer and you know what it is, it becomes very easy to answer. So, you know, if, if it is that you're contacting another spirit, something that is afraid, confused, something not of this world and not of the next, that, that approach of, of simple, direct, straightforward questioning, uh, not a bad way to go. Yeah, right. There used to be an old way of threatening the ghosts and threatening the spirits and et cetera. And that's, that's going away as well and being more communicative and saying, hey. Plus aggressive, more yeah, understanding. Just saying, hey, I'm here to listen. I'm here to communicate. Yeah, because I mean, I'm here to really you are. talk to you. Yeah. You don't want to antagonize. Right. Them. We don't want to antagonize. I mean, even if it's like sharks, you know, sharks. They do know sharks and I'm sharks in the them. ocean, but they have survived all five of Earth's mass extinctions. All five of them. Yep. Sharks ins- are badasses. They're badasses, but they're not surviving human beings very well. Yeah. Well, we are. We are making them go extinct because for every shark that is that kills a human. We kill about a million sharks mm-hmm. for every one human that is killed. Yeah, and there's conservation efforts so, now, but there—I mean, it's—it's it's pretty bad, right? But but it's like that same mentality goes into everything, you know, we, you know politics, etc. Ghosts. We're the problem. You know, we're the problem. <laughs> we're the problem. Yeah. Like if we go in with a better attitude, saying, "Hey, we understand that we were in your environment." 
and you were scared, you were hungry, and you ate one of us. Okay. Even though we'll we don't be taste good smarter here. about being in your when we're in your environment. Instead of we're going to decimate your entire population. You know, same thing with with whatever entities may be out there. If we go in aggressively, what what are we doing? We're not doing ourselves any favors because we're not going to learn anything about them because they're going to hide or they're going to fight back. Yep, very true. Hey, Logan, do you want to read our next story? Sure. All right, so our next story comes to us from a, a Reddit user who goes by the handle NPK underscore 13. Uh, it could be anyone's guess what that means. Reddit's a weird place. Maybe but initials. I, but I I, I'm glad they brought us this story. Yes. Cool. All right, here goes. I was asleep at my parents' house when no one else was home and fell asleep with my bedroom door open. I woke up from a dead sleep for no reason and looked over my shoulder to find a figure standing in the doorframe. The only way I can describe its appearance is a gray cloud mass that had the shape of a man's body. I couldn't make out facial features or clothing of any color, but I could tell that when he realized I could see him, I'd startled him, which startled me. As soon as we both scared each other, he ran into the next room and I could hear his footsteps. Confused, I called out to see if anyone was there and got no response. I immediately told my parents what had happened, and they shrugged it off to some confused dream state I must have been in. Fast forward a couple of days, and I came home to a person installing our wood floors at the time, and he told me that he didn't think he could come back to finish the floors. He was hesitant to tell me what had happened, but I assured him I knew where this was going. He admitted to being a non-believer, but after what he'd seen, he was a total believer. What he saw in the reflection of a mirror was a man walk away from him into the living room, but when he went to go find out who it was, no one was there. I was thrilled to have him tell his story to my parents. Fast forward a couple more days, and my mom had woken up to go to the bathroom. When she looked into the dining room from a distance, she saw my dad standing with his back toward her, looking at his phone, as he does first thing in the morning, but standing oddly close to him was a figure my mom thought was me at the time. When she asked me that night what I was talking to my dad about this morning and why I was standing so close to him, I assured her that I was fast asleep that early in the morning, and I hadn't spoken to my dad that day. In between these events, we would also experience pitch-black masses that felt like it thrusted itself toward us, which was startling because it felt like a rush of nothing coming at you and then disappearing. My mom had a fit with the door, and she couldn't understand why my dad was standing there holding it shut while she was trying to get it open but he was nowhere near the door. My mom finally gave in and called a lady to bless the house. We didn't tell her anything about the events that had been happening as she prayed in each of the bedrooms. She asked my mom about a rocking chair in one of the rooms because she said she was in the room praying and it began to rock back and forth, which told her there might be a spirit attached to it. I'd never even seen this rocking chair, and my mom admitted that she had just gotten it from an estate sale. It also explains why the figure ran into the room when I startled it. I think maybe the rocking chair was a portal this ghost had been traveling, and he was confused about his surroundings. Needless to say, after the woman asked the spirit to leave the house, we never experienced anything again, and we got rid of the rocking chair. This experience made me a hands-down, no-doubt believer in the paranormal. That was that was creepy. 
I've heard of other stories, other chairs and items and stuff yeah. being. You gotta be careful when you get stuff from an estate sale. Yeah, the conjuring is about that oh, items being haunted. Yeah. yeah, when when you spend enough time with an object, it starts to absorb some energy of some kind. Uh, it's uh, just the other night I, I read about the um, uh, the Asian belief that that age imbues and endows things with power, strength, and beauty. Um, from every gri- in, in every grain of rice lives a thousand gods, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's this idea that when something starts to last, it has a story all its own. And with the rocking chair, it's something that is meant to relax, pass time, soothe, and maybe that effect that it has is, makes it kind of a conduit. An interesting aspect to this, I think, is that the ghost isn't trying to be scary like it seemed like it was more scared of them than they were a bit right running yeah. away yeah um and they they didn't have any poltergeist-esque experiences with it no it didn't seem you know? malevolent it, it always seemed confused frightened right um, which is what you would imagine from you know a normal person's spirit being attached to something Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's far more logical than I'm gonna haunt this place, booga booga booga. Uh, it, it, it's much more uh, the other realistic. Yeah, if any it makes of us more were, sense. were it tossed really into it, where the, the haunt the haunting are also haunted. Yeah, by us. True, or even uh, predators that we find in the wild. Sometimes they're more terrified of us right. than we are of them. And we're already scared of them, so what does that say, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. That was a really good story. Very cool. I, I love the the aspect that I think I like the most about it is that it wasn't just the family. It was a completely outside person, the, a complete stranger to them that experienced exactly right, the same Right, that thing. just came into the home so to fix gives, something. It lends more credence to the story. And was like, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah. I didn't believe in this shit, Noped but now out. I do. Yes. So I think that that gives it a little bit more oomph behind it. Mm-hmm. That yes, something. Oh did yeah, when, when somebody who doesn't believe in that, who doesn't see things like that, who doesn't you know just literally does not believe in that, who goes, "Yep, whoa, nope, I done. just okay. yeah, mm-hmm. I just saw something that I can't unsee. <laughs> yeah, that I I can't deny it. Yep, and for sure. But uh, yeah, that was a great story. Cool. Um, do we want to move on to the next one? Yeah, well, do you do Joey's story? Sure, yeah. This one comes to us from Joey. Um, it's a pretty good one. Uh, let's see what we've got. <clears throat> you remember the book Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Well, my cousin and I took a name from the Ouija board, and we tried to call the Ghost in the Mirror. We did this in the bathroom with closed doors in daytime and a little light shining from the crack below the doors. The book states to say the name between 100 and 1,000 times to get a result. We thought, okay, we've got time. Well, I found out the book lied. We barely said the name 10 times, and in between us, this green light started to form. We didn't expect results so fast, and we completely freaked out. We got scared and tried to open the doors and couldn't. We were panicking. We finally got a door open, which let the light in and sent it back, and never did that again. 
I look at my cousin every once in a great while and I say, remember? And she plays dumb and then remembers and says yes. The bathroom has since been remodeled and the mirror is trashed. The whole thing was exciting and freaky at the same time. So we want to talk about the story uh, just real quick. Yeah, um, the ghost in the mirror. Anything about it, the ritual of calling a spirit out that used to say it used to be a little bit more about threatening the spirit uh-huh. when doing these ghost yeah. experience things. Um, kind of literally asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, hey, come on. Taunting. It was taunting, yeah, taunting the spirit definitely. to come out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're kids uh-huh. and you read a book. Yeah. I remember that story and I remember doing that we in the bathroom. We all read that book. And I lo- I still have that book. I think they're making it. I still Guillermo have- del Toro is doing it. Really? Yes. Wonderful. And Wonderful. I have high hopes uh, for it. Yes. I love that. I still have it. I still have it on my shelf. But even Next before, I, <laughs> I remember that was one of the very few stories in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that I knew before I had ever read the book. When they, when they talk about the ghost in the mirror, oh, it's Bloody, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Yeah, 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 around here, that's what we call her. And I'm sure that's that's probably most of the U.S. But I'm I, sure there's other ghosts yeah. tied so, to mirrors. And, and the nature yes, of a mirror. Definitely. That's there are a, in Chinese culture, yes. in Japanese culture, yeah, in that, African culture. A lot of culture. Reflection, <laughs> anything with reflection. Yeah, because it's a funny thing. How we see ourselves is never how we actually appear. Um, we, we've experienced it ourselves when we listen to ourselves back on this podcast and we think, oh man, is that, is that me really? I sound like that. Yeah. And yeah. I sound like a booger and then cheese grinder. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so the idea, so the idea of a, a reflection that you can't quite trust, it's because what you know is different from what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Well, and you see, and you see mirrors used in so many horror stories, um, especially when your reflection moves differently than you move. Yes. Right? It's so freaky. Well, and, and different types of mirror backgrounds, you know, on and the other side of the glass mirrors. reflect you differently. Yes. Um, so it depends on the material used. Uh, and old certain cultures used to think that the mirror would steal your soul, literally steal your soul, mm-hmm. and then reflect something back that was not Yeah. You. I mean, I think mm-hmm. mirrors are like portals in a sense that way. Yeah. Right. But I mean, a reflection in the pond, the mirror isn't, you know, an actual mirror that we build isn't the only mirror. Yes. There are natural mirrors in nature. Yep. Oh yeah. There's lots of different ways one can see themselves. Yeah. And uh, water, when you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes back. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. All right. So uh, here's another one. My brother and I used to share a room when we were kids. Pretty normal. What's not normal? Well, imagine you're both sleeping and sit up at exactly the same time. We look at each other like, you're the stupid one. I'm not the stupid one. What? Why did you sit up? Something had pushed us both up at the same time. Then an earthquake hit and we both ran scared down to mom downstairs. That's freaky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's pause on the earthquake for just a second. The sharing of a room and both both of you hear a, a noise at the same time. You look up and you shoot up and, and wake up. Now, I've actually had that. Years and years ago, I shared a room with my little sister. And we both woke up at the same time. And we saw 
the silhouette of something not quite human against the window blinds. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Now, both of us, we we both didn't say anything. We didn't do anything. We didn't talk about it until after the fact. We are convinced that it's not necessarily a Sasquatch, but a gorilla. It is a very specific shape of not a human. And I'm not quite convinced it was a Sasquatch, but something hunchy, low, strong, and... And, and right there. And uh, anyway, my sister and I both woke up, saw it, and then went back to sleep. So uh, have either of you shared a room with a sibling and you get kind of on that same rhythm that n- little nonsense things might actually wake you up? Yeah. Yeah. I shared a uh, room with siblings well, pretty much till high school. Yeah. Um, big family. And... Uh, it is scary when you wake up at the same time. What is also scary is when you wake up and wide awake to something and they are sound asleep and will not wake up. No matter what you do, you can shake them and they won't wake up. That is you can literally crazy. bounce on them and they won't wake up. I did share a room when I was little, but I did not have anything like that. Nothing like that. Oh. But I also sleep like a log. One time, so I was probably the person that you could jump on top of and would One time in the summer, never had allergies until recently as an old adult. <laughs> um, but as a, as a kid, I don't remember ever, ever having allergies, ever complaining about allergies, especially during the summers, springs, falls, never had an issue. Mm-hmm. A lot of my family members did, but I didn't. But I remember waking up one night in the summer with a massive running nose just out of nowhere just hit me out of nowhere i was like what in the world i went into the bathroom across the hall no toilet paper it was gone what the crap so i went out into the kitchen to get the tissues that my mom it was like a it was one of those rules that you always put the tissues back to that spot if you've taken it from that spot so that they can be found because somebody's going to need a tissue because there were a million kids running around. And so she had to find the tissue. So that was a rule. You always put them back there. Well, they weren't there. And I was like, what the crap? I was like, where is it? My nose is running. I was like, what's going on? This is so weird. There's no toilet paper. There's no tissues. What is going on? And I look over in the dining room and the box of tissues is sitting. The only thing on the table is the box of tissues with a tissue out pointed up just saying here I am right by the window that looks out into a greenhouse we had just right outside that window which went into our backyard but this room was closed off had two doors I walked through that and things did not feel right from the moment I woke up Mm -hmm. things did not feel right I was like something's off something's wrong I don't know what it is but then I couldn't find any tissues And I was like, that's what it is. There's no paper anywhere. (laughs) But then this box of tissues is sitting by itself over by the window. I walk over, I grab a tissue, and I was just like, and I froze. Because something was looking at me. Mm. Through the window. And I knew it. As a small child, I was like, what is this? And I looked over, and there's something looking up at me. 
it was human-esque, but not human. Mm. Humanoid, then. Humanoid, yeah. yeah. It was very, I don't even know, longer arms, bigger head. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to, to describe it. Freaking but it was creepy. looking at me, and I ran. I just like froze for a second, kind of staring back at it for a moment, and then ran back to my bed and cover, I hid in the covers for I don't know how long until I fell asleep again. And I never spoke about it to my parents. Later in life, my parents sold that house, the Dad. house I grew up in, but then I rented it from a company who bought it from my parents. <laughs> so I was renting out the house I grew up in and living in it by myself upstairs. And it was great. And it was weird, but one night I was in one room, which used to be kind of a family room, living room upstairs, but uh, I turned it into a partial office, and I was working in there, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go grab, I was thirsty, so I was like going to go into the kitchen, through the doors, but the hallway was there, and as I went through, there was somebody, huge guy, huge guy, like probably about seven feet tall, barreling down the hallway angry as hell he's like whoa coming down the hall and i was like whoa and i jumped out of the way and then he disappeared what right in front of my eyes and i was like and it was like 7 p.m it wasn't late i was going in to get a drink of water i was working at my computer i was like what the crap was that i told my dad about that story and he's like uh, you know, we used to tell them like all of my siblings and stuff that we used to tell them different stories that we would experience. Nah, it was always like nothing. It was our imagination and stuff. Never believed you. Never believed me. I told him this is an adult and he's like, yeah, I always felt that house was kind of like a portal or something. Like, and I was like, what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> what? That's so scary. Yeah. With the tissues not being where they were supposed to be, that makes me wonder if, like, something was luring yeah, you luring. toward the door. Yeah, your your behavior was being observed, and it's, <gasps> yeah. they like these. Let's put these where we want them to go. <laughs> right? That's so freaky. This is going to be needed. Yeah. Freaky. Yeah, huh? Weird. Very. I don't know how to explain it. All I know is that's what I saw at the time. Was it my imagination? Possibly. But the thing is, is when it there's a moved. trend. It too. wasn't a shadow. It was humanoid and it moved. It was not as frozen as I was. It was mm. it's still kind of like kind of like was like what? But at the same time wasn't as scared as I was. So especially as a little kid. Yeah. Like that's very I was formative. Like eight, nine years old. And that sticks maybe 10 mm-hmm. it's it's trauma like it sticks in your brain yeah so i'm sure you can remember it clearly. yeah i haven't forgotten that ever some of my siblings sleepwalked i did not it's so creepy when sleepwalkers yeah i believe that sleepwalkers are creepy <laughs> i was a sleepwalker for a very long time really oh yeah i, can see that. I didn't yeah. know that I, I was what was known as an active sleeper uh-huh uh, there was a lot of you, know, you somehow, open doors and go outside. Oh, I would I leap to, through the yeah. air. I would crash into furniture. I would. Oh man! Yeah. I'm 100 percent not surprised. Yeah, yeah, me either. This is nothing new. <laughs> uh, I have been bungeed down before. It's a little scary. <laughs> not surprised. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going with Joy, joy cool. Stories. Okay, here's a good one. 
I went ghost hunting with a paranormal group to a small forgotten graveyard one night. There's a spot in the back of the cemetery that drains the batteries of everything, which is creepy. Anyway, we were walking toward the graveyard and I felt this thing brush the top of my head. I was shocked and the person walking behind me felt the same thing. So when we looked back, we were a little disappointed but still scared. It was a thick spider web from a cemetery spider. There were a lot of them there and they were brightly colored and huge. The size of your hand. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I, I think I mean, where is this? At? Where is this at? If it was South America or Australia, California. I'd be like, yeah, definitely. Of course, there was a spider the size of your hand. <laughs> but in California, yeah, spiders the size of your hand. It's pretty big. And actually, yeah, a he, different. he sent me a picture of what they looked like, and they. They look a little similar to the Joro spider that we talked about in the yeah, first that's episode. Kind of, I'm, I'm kind of having the, the flashbacks about, to our Jorogumo yeah, episode. Yeah, and they're about that size, too. So they're brightly colored, uh, banded legs. Mm-hmm. Freaky. Now, I, I no, know nothing about the spiders, but I went to Northern California, Northern California, to do some documentary stuff on a grow. Um, on a what? Medical marijuana Oh, gotcha. Grow. But it was at an old abandoned, like there was an old gold mine that was there on the property. I can show you images, the image that was captured the night before we arrived. So we showed up the next morning. And what they got on their night vision camera, a still shot of an image of a personage that was literally feet from them sleeping and their sleeping dogs who wake up to like bears and mountain lions and stuff like that to keep them protected because they had those bears and mountain mm-hmm. lions come into their camp and the dogs would wake up, the dogs didn't wake up. But this was captured on their night vision still photo. Mm-hmm. And it's so creepy. But anyway, that. we went there and we had night vision cameras and EVP equipment mm-hmm. and everything like that. We set it up with a gas running generator and everything died. Oh, wow. And the gas oh, running generator like would cemetery. not start up again because we got it running and it ran for about one minute. Mm-hmm. And everything died. All of our batteries, all of our camera batteries and everything drained, just sucked. Like the life just sucked from them. And this mine had been dug up and there were all these opium dens old opium dens too around but this mine the owner of the property had been digging it up with his tractor by himself like basically digging out this mountain because it had been dynamited in Mm -hmm. and I guess what used to happen is a lot of the Chinese worker the Asian workers and the black workers they used to descend into the mines because of course when they were done with it and then blow it up. Oh my God, that's awful. So they wouldn't have to pay them mm. for the job. And then they people would just hire suck. new workers. Yeah, people suck. Um, and then they would just hire new workers for the next job. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these souls that were dynamited in. And he's been letting them out. And wouldn't you opening be so it back angry? Mm. And we could not, like everything died we did go into the mine. Like we had to get like on this old surfboard that was like not working and float in this water with this giant concrete, like this slab of mountain right over our heads. 
It was so creepy to the mouth of the mine. It was so cool. It was like something from Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was nuts. It was nuts in there. Uh, it was it. scary going in there because it was a good ways. It was probably a hundred, close to a hundred yards on the surfboard through this water, mm-hmm. and like literally barely enough room for your head and your body to fit through. And then you get through that, and it opens up to this big, huge cavern. Like huge cavern. It goes up probably 60 feet, maybe more, up into the air. Boom! And there's big opening and there's all these broken rocks and everything. And there's this just kind of hill of rocks that you have to climb up to, to this other big slab that's collapsed Mm -hmm. to another opening that's on the other side of that, that goes down into the earth, who knows how far and uh, who knows how many directions and there's dead bodies on the other side of that. That's so scary and so awful. It's like, terrible. What a tragedy. It's terrible. But this image that they got uh-huh. looks like a skeleton. Like literally it looks like a skeleton wearing old Chinese clothing. Which is what they would be. It's crazy. Wow. Man, that's dark. <laughs> Thanks for taking us there, Danny. You're welcome. <laughs> Northern yeah. California. I think Go we've there. got one more story from Joey. Yeah. Another time, I was with a few people going ghost hunting in a haunted forest in Pasadena. One was a witch. Her thing was that she senses the dead. My thing is that I am empathetic. I can sense and naturally track people by their emotions. Another one was a witch hunter, for lack of a better term. I'm so used to people's emotions being all over the place. This guy could completely silence his emotions. I couldn't track him, which freaked me out for sure. So the witch in our group was sensing all the people that had hung themselves in the forest. We went to the Cobb estate in Altadena, and we were looking for ghosts, and she says, Joey, take over. I did, which was not normally my thing. And I said, I sense two spirits in this direction. And pointed. Suddenly, super fast, bright, sparkler-like lights appeared. They zipped around and vanished in the dark. I thought I was the only one that saw them, but everyone else saw them too. No sensing. This was just with our plain eyes. That's freaky. Very. uh, It makes me think of, like, orbs. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Yeah. I, I love the visual of them being, like, a sparkler. Yeah bright lights like they all saw lights that could be just from the top of my head so many things just from the top of my head uh come to mind that you know possibilities that that could be that could be uh extraterrestrial yeah um maybe or here, spirits here's in the form thing. of a light yeah spirits in the form of light no, uh, what do you think other life forms on planet earth that have light sources that um are pretty elusive mm-hmm. um that we don't know about we don't know what kind of species have evolved to what level on planet Earth. We only know ourselves, and we know what's below us, but we don't know anything else. This planet is billions of years old. We don't know if there's life on planet Earth that has evolved to a point that's well, we, beyond us. We're finding new stuff constantly. Yeah. Right. Now, now what do you guys think of the, uh, the notion of 
One is a is a witch, the other is a witch hunter, and the other one is an empath. What do you think of the idea of the masking, manipulation, the energy flow that comes comes and goes from all of us? Mm-hmm. Uh, emotions, they are one of those things that are just below the surface. You don't always have control of them. And the the idea that someone can read them, that someone can manipulate them, that that someone can... I don't know if the manipulation is part of it. Oh, but if I can mask everything I'm feeling, does it mean I'm truly not feeling or simply that you can't see it? That's a good question. Right. The things we may not understand about the human existence, things like, like emotion, like those those weird little thoughts that go in, that's also what kind of can sometimes form an echo. Those are the things that... The, the the random bits of, of this life that don't quite fit the pattern, that's what sticks out. We don't know what kind of vibrations we make in the universe while we're alive even. There's been a few moments in my life where you know, you feel like almost a black hole opens up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally an energy crater in space and time around you just kind of opens up it's like whoa well it's it's the same thing they talk about uh, positive and negative energy feedback cycles uh if you go into your life with with good energy and good emotions and good thoughts and and project good energy you'll get good energy back same thing goes for bad things and that's something that is it's a soft science but it's true more often than not yeah the golden rule yeah yeah kind of what goes around comes around Cool. There's a, here's another story. This one's from Mandy. Who do we want to read this one? I can read it. Sounds good. All right, so here we go. There was a poltergeist in my school. This was early 90s. My school had a couple solo buildings at the play area that had been shut down. Before being shut down, they were cleaned up and left closed. Everyone knew the building was unused and it was securely closed. It was two classrooms. There was no way somebody could have snuck in there with everyone watching, and there was nothing interesting to burglarize there. Literally, just chairs. Some students started reporting noises coming from the building, and feeling like someone was trapped there. So they went to check. Nothing unusual. Then me and other people passed by the buildings and heard chairs moving around. But all the windows shut and no light, so we knew it wasn't glass. We again reported hearing stuff there. They thought it was some kind of vandalism and put padlocks on the doors. We were told not to go around there and play only up to a certain area of the school grounds. At some point, the janitor was there to make sure no one would go there. Some students reported hearing chairs banging, so they finally went to check in there, and some chairs had been thrown to the walls and out of place. Usually, they'd be stacked in order. There was only one janitor who had been there forever, and no other person could have had access with the new padlocks in there. One day I wasn't feeling like going to class, so I hid in that area where no one would come looking for me. And I heard banging on the walls and chairs moving, and I was like, yes, we're going to catch it. So I ran to the janitor and told him what I heard. He bolts there with me and tells me to stay behind. But from where I am, I can see him opening the door. And there were handprints on the blackboard made of chalk. Adult handprints. Tall up in the board, and absolutely no one in the classroom. He said, this is not funny, really not funny, and went to talk to the school's director and brought me to some other area where they asked me what I saw. I didn't really see anything. I just heard as if someone was there. 
After that time, but from that day on, I wouldn't go anywhere near the building. And they just sort of gave up. They locked it for good. They took the objects out and put a fence there so you couldn't just wander near it. At the time, I thought it was somebody who had done it and that we weren't fast enough to catch it. But looking back at the reaction from the school staff and how much work it took to unlock the only door you could access the building through, I realized it couldn't have been a person and that the handprints were very unnatural looking without the wrinkles a normal hand would have. They tried to convince me that it was a real person, not a ghost, because imagine a panicked middle schooler that saw a ghost make palm prints in a locked, empty room. I think that they didn't want to scare me. They just decided to close it off and ignore it, and it did stop. I studied there for a couple of years. It wasn't constant. It makes my gut turn now just thinking about the handprints. They said... They're going to take care of it and ask me not to tell the other kids because they didn't want people near the building. I do think that they didn't do it out of malice, but precaution. I know the owner of the school was a good person and the teacher and the other staff, too. What do you guys think about that handprint? It just takes me back to my high school. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Like, that's that's creepy. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And the fact that it has none of the lines that a normal human ha- hand has. Yeah, very unnatural. Yeah, it doesn't have the f- the prints and the... Which makes me think, you know, like some sort of apparition. To me, it strikes me as an imitation. It, it just conjures this much larger picture of these, these simple naked apes. They use their paws to make markings and to write words. Well, I'll take an object that looks to me like one of their, ap- their appendages and I will use it as a stamp or... Or something like that. It is, it's an attempt to communicate, mm-hmm. but that, that wanders down a little bit now more the the extra, extraterrestrial road, which I love, and I th- I think we should be looking into some of the paranormal as possible extraterrestrial. Yeah, there's definitely always that possibility. When you watch some of the you know the sightings where they say, "Look at that image crossed by a doorway or whatever in an old crazy creepy building," like some of the images they capture in that night vision and other you know forms that they're capturing, they they look more along the lines of sightings of extraterrestrials of like the gray aliens and things like that, like. What if that's some of the paranormal we're seeing as extraterrestrial? Yeah, that's definitely interesting to think about because it puts things in a whole other context. We are not alone here on planet Earth either way. <laughs> so just before, just as like I was saying earlier, how we had moved schools just before we were moving, some crazy stuff started happening. And that reminded me of one of the things that happened. So sitting in a classroom... And it was during the test season, so everyone was testing. And uh, the halls were kind of quiet and everything like that because everyone was locked down to their papers or, you know, taking tests. And I remember sitting in this old building, and suddenly there was a big, there was a thump on the wall, like a boom. And all of a sudden, there were a bunch of screaming people in the classroom next door to us. And then there were screaming people out in the hall. And then the teacher next door came over screaming and now she was saying for the Mormon Tabernacle Choir at the time and she comes screaming hysterical screaming and hysterical like she's freaking out kids around the hall screaming we're like what in the crap just happened over there and apparently the clock on the wall came off the wall 
floated in the air for a bit, flew across the room, no. smashed into our wall. That was the bang we heard. And blew up into a million pieces. Mm. And we went over and looked in that room and the clock was on the floor, shattered into a bunch of pieces and on the other side of the room from where it was. So basically no way it could have gotten up there. So like, yeah, like literally everyone was testing. Everyone was in the class quiet testing and the clock went, floated in the air, flew across the room and blew up. And everyone freaked <laughs> out crap. and went out of the room. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, the the idea of a of, of the poltergeist. That's, I wish I had been in that room. Yeah. The the mischief maker spirit, what, what, whatever its nature might be. Right? Maybe it's not evil and maybe it's just mischievous. Yeah. Probably it, depends on the poltergeist. Uh, I'm sure it does. Right? Yeah. I'm, I, for me, it, it always comes back to the Incredible Hulk riding by on some kind of neon cyclone. <laughs> laughing at Craig T. Nelson of coach fame. But uh, Oh, dear. <laughs> hey, coach. Yeah. Something interesting about the story, though, I think is that um, the aspect with all of the chairs, mm-hmm. you know, with... And I think that's why she talks about it being poltergeist, right? Yeah. Is because clearly stuff is getting thrown around and moved yeah. and everything, not to mention this handprint that she sees. Right. Physical so, writing proof that some entity, someone or something, yeah, was there. Some entity for sure. was there. So it's pretty freaky. Making a human-like mark, but no humans were in the room. Yeah. Mm. Creepy. Very. Tell us about the house you lived in in Southern Utah. Ooh, so I lived in a house in my college days. Uh, <laughs> and a roommate. He's like, hey, man, I'm moving, and I found this really cool house. It's really great. So I went over to it at night uh, to take a look at it, and I was like, oh, I mean, it's kind of – there was an eerie feeling to it. I remember there was something – I mean, it was nice. It was was, uh, freshly remodeled. And so it looked – you know, it was like, hey, this is pretty good in this old town, and the street – it was on was a dead end street right by the mouth of the canyon that went up into the mountain. And, uh, there was just, man, the whole street kind of like, once you hit that dead end part where there was no exit, there were no other side streets. It was kind of weird. Every house was kind of weird. Um, in fact, (laughs) my neighbor who I never spoke to, like rarely spoke to, um, I knew him. Uh, I had worked with him um, in another country <laughs> and uh, he, so I knew him, but like we barely spoke at all because he was kind of weird. He was remodeling, like making his house like this old cabin, like literally old cabin, but it was, it was strange. It was just, everyone was strange and everyone that came over was like, man, it's really weird. This whole street's really weird. It's a strange place. And I was like, I know, but our house was exceptionally strange. It was a house that had with a upper floor and a basement and they, and they were two separate apartments. They had been turned into two separate apartments. So they were no longer conjoining. But the stairs that used to combine them, that space was still there somewhere. And there was apparently a two-foot subfloor. So from their ceiling to our floor that we walked on, there was two feet 
gap because there was an old floor that used to be there and they just built over that mm-hmm. with a new floor. And so our ceilings weren't as high as they should be or theirs weren't as high as they should be or both. Um, anyway, it was really nice. And I was like, cool. It's, yeah, I mean, it's small, but you know, it's in good condition. It looks like they did a fairly decent job on the remodel. The, the yard was still kind of a mess because they were still remodeling it, I guess. But apparently they had a witch <laughs> that lived there before oh, okay. us. A devil worshiper or something that like carved things into the floor and into the walls. Super. And things like that. And there were a whole bunch of cats around the house a lot. And you'd try to scare the cats. They'd be staring at you in the window. And you'd like jump at them and try to scare them. And they wouldn't even flinch. Wouldn't even flinch. They'd just stare. They've oh. seen worse things than you. And it was like, okay, <laughs> this is strange. Like they, you jump right at them like, ah! nothing, not even a flinch. And it was like, what the crap? And we found out that like, yeah, the witch had lived there, carved things before. And they didn't remove that. They just built over it. That was the subfloor. Because... They That's just art. painted over it. It was the new Gosh. painted walls. So anyway, we we'd have we you know, it was like the kitchen, you'd walk into the kitchen, all the out. cupboards were closed, you'd leave the room, walk right back in, all the cupboards were open. Oh my gosh. So it was one of those, and like and you'd hear doors open and close so in the clearly night. Clearly haunted. Clearly haunted. And did you find out about the witch before or after you after, moved in? After. <laughs> definitely after moving in. <laughs> the back door would open and close. We'd hear it open and close and then footsteps in our kitchen and keys rattling. And we're like, what the crap is that? Several times. And it finally happened. Like everyone was out of town except for my roommate. The downstairs guys were out of town. We were all going to school. We all knew each other. You know, we had several classes together and stuff. So it was like, it was cool. And so we were all gone except for my roommate. And he apparently experienced a bunch of stuff while we were gone. Um, voices, doors opening, closing, including the front door. When I came home, I scared him because he's like, it was an actual real person instead of just the sound of everything <laughs> happening. Um, and we were talking about it. And as we were talking about all his experiences, our back door again opened and closed and we heard the keys and the footsteps and we went in there. Nothing was there. It was like, what the crap? And that's when we finally opened up and told the guys, because they got home when this all happened. And so we told them, and one of the guys' faces went white, color drained from them, and they told us the stories they had had. (laughs) And we're like, what the crap? And then, you know, of course, it was just a fun place to live. That's Um, There was no resolution of that place. Literally, it was haunted when I lived there. It probably is still haunted. Um, I don't know. Things happened. I started just ignoring them. They did too. It was just kind of like you live with it. Um, something happened in the Some of the energy. Or am I remembering a different story? Um, well, the the other the other guys that live downstairs in the downstairs uh, apartment, um, they had oh, gotcha. different experiences yeah. as well. That kind of they had similar experiences Things with a mirror. guy with the keys. Gotcha. Um, they would hear keys and guys at the keys at their front door like, and uh, inside, and they're loop. going around the house and stuff like that. Yeah, um, kind of sounds like a like a loop. Yeah, 
possibly. You know, I don't how know they, how things play because it sounds like you know with the door opening, closing, and then the keys and the footsteps. Yeah, and that constantly happening. Yeah, but the whole know. neighborhood was it was creepy. Very. The whole that whole end of the street. I wonder if something it was buried was off. somewhere that possibly like, like something like was, it was there. there built on something yeah it could it have, been, have been yeah definitely could have been built on something that like an, like old, an old graveyard, graveyard or, or something. something yep okay well i think that brings us to the end of our spooktacular special Ooh. yeah thank you so much for joining us and i really really want to thank my our good friend danny danny thank you so much for joining us today yeah, hey, thanks for having me out. you bring a fun. fun voice to the supernatural this is exciting. Oh, man, the supernatural is never ending. Yeah, yeah. And and thank you to everyone who submitted a story. That was really a, a fun treat to kind of open some of those windows out to the places not too far, but everyone lives a slightly different life, and you see things a little bit differently. So, yeah, it was, a, it was really cool, and uh, thank you so much for contributing. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, and just a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at, at Folklore on the Rocks, on Twitter at at Folklore Rocks. And uh, you'll find all our pictures, notes, and sources on FolkloreOnTheRocks.com. As well as, Lindsay, tell us about our Patreon and PayPal button. Um, so, Patreon we've got set up. We've talked about it a couple of times before, but we've got a, uh, four different tiers of, uh, that you can donate. Basically, Patreon, if you don't know, is a way that you can help contribute to us. Um, and it does a certain dollar amount a month, or you can, you can contribute whatever amount you would like, but they do come with perks. So we'll send you out stickers or decals, um, depending on the tier, you'll get more or less things. You'll end up with a code for our merch store to get some money off of that once that launches, which it hasn't yet. Um, and then if you just want to do a one-time donation instead of every month, we have a PayPal button on our website at folkloreontherocks.com that you can just hit that and make a donation to us. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Helps yeah. with equipment, helps with hosting costs, helps with editing costs. So it's very much appreciated if mm-hmm. you can spare anything. And we're really loving seeing all, all the contributions and, and, and all of the helpful support that people have been giving so far. Uh, we're, we're brand new, but it's really fun to reach out and kind of connect with everyone out there. So let's, let's keep it up. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. A really fun Halloween spooktacular. I hope everyone out there is having a really great Halloween season, whether you're going to parties, trick-or-treating with your kids, or just decorating your house. Uh, it's a fun way to kind of just to just break out of, a, out, of the, out of the norm a little bit, where it's okay to have something a little spooky and a little creepy. And you can, you can wear it right on your shirt or hang it outside your house. Absolutely. All righty. Well, I think we are all wrapped up. So thanks again, everyone. Danny, thank you one more time. And uh, have a happy Halloween, everybody. Thank you all. Happy Halloween. Happily. <laughs>